My question to you two is, imagine we lived in the world where we'd never heard of the gods that have been put through our own history right now. But in fact, the D&D pantheon gods were the gods that we know in our life. Which D&D god would you choose to follow? Are we talking oh my Greyhawk, God, Forgotten God, Realms, Dan. Elberon? Do you know how quick 12 seconds? How are you already mad 12 seconds you pissed me off. <laughs> we haven't even started the episode yet. Whichever one you want, man. Okay. It's pretty open. You can follow it any god you want in D&D in 5th Ed, right? Yeah. Exactly. Let's roll initiative for it. Let's do it. A bonus initiative. I got an 11. Fuck yeah, it's the first time I'm going first in like two goddamn episodes. Oh, I'm please. so fucking happy. And it river. doesn't even matter because it's the gold open. So I came last. Assuming that we know for a fact that all of the gods exist. Yes. Can I choose a, a demon lord? Yeah. What? Why would yeah. you not pray Why? to Asmodeus? Holy Mark. Well, one, because he's not a demon lord. Or sorry, no. He's, a, he's, a, he's an <laughs> archdevil. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Right, so. Okay. Okay. Right. Because uh, I'm, I'm not. No. Gonna, I'm, no. I'm still not okay with that. No. Look, <laughs> he is the most brilliant being in existence. He is nigh immortal. Nobody can hold a candle to him. He has more cultists than anyone except I think. Who Orcus? says that he's the most brilliant being in existence? Because I'm fairly certain that's Asmodeus saying he's the most brilliant being in existence. Like that's Asmodeus saying, "Hey guys, guess what? I'm smart." Um, when he super freaking proves it as being the only archdevil that walked into Mount Celestia on a whim, fucked up the place and walked out on a whim. What have I done? This guy is freaking amazing. Um, as far as power scale goes, he's evil as all hell. I don't want any part of that evil, but if we're hedging our bets and you're going to go to an afterlife one way or the other, and you're not really sure how it's going. He's one of the ones where you'd want to be like middle management. Like, yeah. you don't want to be one of the pawns on the front. Like, I always thought that with, like, Voldemort as well. I'd like to be the guy who's, like, middle management where I'm not... It's not a whole you, lot of big responsibilities. You'd, you'd like to be Draco Malfoy. He's, like, <laughs> not even because he's known too much. I'd like to be the guy... I'm, like, a fifth row type guy, like, in the battle, you know? Yeah. I'm in it for the benefits, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'll shout at this all day long, but, like, I'm averting my eyes anytime he looks at me, and I'm kind of looking down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would grovel in his name... And, but I keep the shrine in the closet, right? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not putting that on my front lawn. Yeah. Yeah. So like I mean, a fold out bed. Yeah. Just, yeah. If if we if we're talking that these guys legitimately exist, then none of the good gods are actually good because they're not helping. Yeah. <laughs> right. If if the blood war is going on, why did we let him go and, first? And yeah. the, the the dice declared, the dice gods declared when when the with the blood war and the devils and the demons are busy. Why are not the the, the holy the celestial, the big gods on the side of good, why are they not stepping up and doing anything? Yeah. Why are not they not taking over, right? So yeah. they're obviously absentee in the D&D world. So I'm going to side with the one guy that's holding back infinite number of demons. Nearly single-handedly, there are other archdevils, but he's the guy. There's mm-hmm. also a handful of fallen angels and stuff that are doing it as well. He's the guy. He runs more of the nine hells. He, he, he rules... Like, level nine of the nine hells. He is 100% the most powerful of all the, of all the archdevils. He's the guy. Yeah. So, if I'm hedging my bets because it's proven, if that's what we're talking about, he's the guy. What's her name? Celine Dion? Is that who you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, that we're not talking Canadian gods. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but we... Uh, Damn it, because I had Rick Moranis. I had Michael Buble. <laughs> John Candy. <laughs> we good? 
No, I don't know any more Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> just you two. I'm just upset that neither of you said me. Yeah, there's six. Well, there's six of us now. If we are in this fucking tundra. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So uh, if I, if I'm not gonna go evil, I'll probably pick Heronius because why wouldn't I? Yeah. But yeah, it's boring. Dan, I would probably go uh, Bokob if there was one that I would really? want to do. I'd go Bokob um, one because of the knowledge and the knowing. I love answering riddles. I love. I love. The Who is that? I don't things. know. I asked the question. Bokob is the Greyhawk god of magic. Um, is neutral. It's just the god of magic. And and if these gods are real, it guesses that and and supposes that magic is thus real. And so yeah, I'm siding with the god of it, right? Like I I'd side with Bokob. Um, it's just weird though because you don't get power. Like, all right, when you were a cleric and you're praying to the god of magic, shouldn't you just be a wizard? There is an arcane domain. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. Right? Yeah. There's the knowledge domain. That also, I would also, if I was an arcane domain cleric, I'd kind of have beef with wizards, though. I'd be like, you fuckers. Walking is, around okay. like the fucking so, Protestants of the world, one of my... not, not doing any of the praying, just saying sorry at the end. <laughs> no, that's Canadians. You're still confused. <laughs> So, in 3.5, uh, the things of prestige classes were far bigger and more important in the game and offered in a lot of uh, variation to characters across the board. One of the best prestige classes, in my personal opinion, is what was called the Mystic Theurge. And the Mystic Theurge, uh, as a min-maxer, as a yeah. optimizer, as everything as else. As a power gamer. As a power gamer. It was lots of fun because you were a... Uh, ninth level uh, arcane spellcaster, eighth level divine spellcaster. Like it was ridiculously powerful. It was completely broken. And I completely acknowledge that. But like, it got to the point where people wouldn't allow them in their campaign. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I had one that I played, and he just ended up dying hmm. because yeah, he was. They start off super weak, like super weak as you're dipping into two classes that once to try to level them up. But uh, in all, so that aside, if for whatever reason, Bokov's like, "Hey, screw you! No, you, I'm I'm Cord. I'm there with Cord. I'm I'm there, beaten face. I'm celebrating the the <laughs> the Thunder God. Beaten face, by the way, is now my new euphemism. <laughs> Good. Good. Glad I added to that. Yeah, fire. I'm just gonna say, it sounds like you're jacking a dick straight into somebody's face. <laughs> like the end of it, just like this. <laughs> I wish the people at home could see boom, the hand movement. Boom. Like so. Dan, let me explain. Uh, no, so, no, 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 no. One second. No, I, I caught the, the explanation. Back. No, no, no. The pullback is away to... from the face. But when you go towards the, the end of the tip of your dick, that's when you hit him in the face. Yeah. That's beaten face. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that really drives me insane is from ASL, like American Sign Language, this sign is stress, and that's what you fucking make me. You make what? me stressed as hell. <laughs> Stressful. Well, now every time What's you yours, fucking, you fucking So now when you're threat? like, I'm stressed. <laughs> you fucking foreign jackass, what's yours? <laughs> now when you're like, I'm stressed, you just give me like, I'm just beaten face over here. Good God. Well, that's how you I relieve you stress. People. Yeah. I hate you people. That is. Why have I agreed to What do you mean you title? people? I mean you fucking specific. You two people. Terry? Anyways, Terry, what's yours? What's your God? Probably Tiamat. Just because you read Rise of Tiamat? Well, <laughs> also, I think that, like, and you might, you may be shocked to hear this. I feel like, low-key, I probably would be the person that, like, volunteers to follow Voldemort or Tiamat anyway. I'd be like, 
<laughs> like there'd be like lots of like um, dark like, lord but be, like, is he rebellion and stuff but i'd be the back going she does raise some good points though <laughs> <laughs> it's worth the conversation she's got a good plan for education they're no plan what tm tmat's plan for the city infrastructure is actually pretty good <laughs> God damn. It's funny because you're a half-elf. I would assume you'd said Loth. No, not interested in any of that. I'd or Corlon like, Lorethian or... No, no, specifically Loth. He's, he sides evil. Terry swings evil. I do. And also a little to the left. I do swing evil. And, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most righties do. <laughs> All right. So... Is that um, true? Is it? Hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the dicks I know. <laughs> okay. See too many dicks. See too many dicks in my life. For my oh, life. we lost. Do you remember in the '90s when like communal showers were like I'm a done. big thing, like in pools and stuff like that? Are they not anymore? That is one of the reasons why. No, I don't go man, to the gym. you can't go getting your dick out in public. But then here's the thing, right? Their law was always. Hey, is that because we don't have YMCA's anymore? I don't know, but the, but maybe they're still so, big in the states. The law was like you can't just get your dick out in public. Understandable law. But then there was no clear area of where that law sort of ended. It just people were just kind of doing now, it. Now they only do it in churches. So is this cold open just going to be about talking about dicks? Well, when we're supposed to be look, talking man, about you druids? brought it up. Well, yeah, I did not. You bring started it up. talking about beaten face. Hold on, hold on. Speaking of going all natural, let's get into druids. Oh yes, oh, it's all worth it, Dan. Hit roll it. Roll the funky music, white man. <laughs> <laughs> you changed it. I know he's a he's a man now. Okay. He grew up. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. So the music's done. <laughs> shall, shall, shall we get this over with so I can go Dan, deep in a corner? Dan, is this not how you imagined your podcast would be? <laughs> it's just like we started. You know, what god do you think you'd follow? And we ended up talking about dicks for five who's minutes. The D- like, oh, it's Adam. I'm like, who's the DM for this? <laughs> yeah, who's responsible for I'm these I'm just letting this go because the very first sentence of the Druid entry in the PHP starts with, Holding high a gnarled staff. Thank you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Wreathed with Holly. That's her name. <laughs> okay. All right. That's so my sister's name. So <laughs> you have a sister. Her name is Holly. <laughs> wow. All right. She like outdoorsy guys. Uh, no, she's very much not outdoorsy. So all right. First and foremost, the thing that I want to get out of the way for druids, honestly, because remember this is Dungeons and Dragons. Um, is that what we're talking about? It is now. Okay. Um, the thing I want to get out of the way for druids is. Um, the stereotypical hippy-dippy um, tree-hugging bullshit. That's true, I really feel, of older editions. Fifth mm. Ed has kind of leaned away from that. we got a lot of options. And I'm, I've never, it's never occurred to me to play a druid until this edition. Uh, I'm really excited about some of the options and the opportunities. I still don't give a crap about your fucking werewolf shit. And I never will. I don't care about your wild shape. It just seems bullshit to me. Mm. Um, especially when I got polymorph over there. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but I like a lot of their spell casting and a lot of the flavor of a druid now. Um, they're uh, big on, and it's it's even uh, one of the headers of the um, in the player's head player's handbook is preserve the balance. They're big on preserving nature. They're all about nature, but remember, nature's wild. Nature's also bogs and swamps. Nature's also thorns and shadow and lava. Yeah, just right? as much as it is rolling hills and sunshine and majestic forests and yeah i really feel like 3.5 was all about elves and halflings tending their gardens that's not what we're doing anymore right dryads are scary in fifth ed their lore is scary there are 
Nature seems to be running a little bit more amok, and you can see it as it crosses over into a lot of the other, um, a lot of the other classes as well. There's subclasses. A lot of stuff about nature. There's a lot of stuff about things that are natural. A lot of stuff about the ancients, right? Ancient spirits and ancestral guardians, and there's a lot of that. And I feel like a lot of it comes from the idea of the druid, um, their power base. So. Um, and I realize now that I should have said it in the open that my the god I would have chose would have been um, I, I should have chosen Mother Nature. Mm. That's a great god for a druid. Oh yeah. Um, there are some D and D nature gods, but I mean that's something that anyone can really grasp hold on. Um, so let's uh, let's break into it pretty quickly. Uh, you get your standard one d eight hit points, mm-hmm. right, for druid level. Um, and uh, you get light armor, medium armor, shields. Interestingly, and this is another holdover from previous editions, no metal. Not metal. And I, they don't really get into it. They don't explain it too much, but I've seen it explained in the previous editions. The reason they say no metal, for those of you who are confused, is because it is about what's natural, not wrought iron, not forged steel. There can be things like ore that has worked its way through, um, through a mountain or deposits of of iron and whatnot, which are natural. But the moment that you are starting to hammer it and change it, it's the same as cutting down a tree yep. and, and building a house with now, it. Now, my problem is, in previous editions, the that uh, requirement, that... that uh, um, why am I forgetting my words? Uh, that thing was held over onto weapons as well. It's not held over to weapons for 5th edition. You could be absolutely carried... Like, uh, covered and harried by scimitars and sickles and daggers. And you could be covered head to toe in bladed metal weapons. But just make sure you're wearing an animal skin instead. Like, it seems kind of weird that it it's not held over to every aspect of the druid. And this is the only part in the entire druid where this is mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and look, I agree with you. I think it's a little strange. I myself would be looking to make a scimitar out of... Onyx with mm-hmm. an onyx blade. Yeah. Um, or Using a dense stone or, or a dense uh, stone or petrified wood yeah. for a mace, you know, something something like that. Um, and there if we can make imaginary uh freaking metals like mithril, why are we not making special iron wood or or other different kinds of plants and flowers and mm-hmm. stuff that might as well be metal, um, but aren't. Yeah. So if you're going to be a druid, I feel like druids are going to be naturally more creative because they've got a couple of weird restrictions to them. And they've got a lot of options that nobody else gets. Uh, they also get an herbalism kit. Uh, does anyone care? No. <laughs> so, uh, it, sometimes these kits, I'm not entirely sure what they do. You know, the, the healing kit compared to the herbalism kit. I know it's written in there, but it's like, who's looking? You know, in the moment. This is one of those things that I think everybody is... is forgetting about this has fallen by the wayside the, the idea of kits and tools when people think tools they think of um thieves tools thieves, thieves tools, tools. That's, and that's pretty much where it ends and like the audience hammers yeah, yeah hammers tinkerers tools herbalism kits there are a lot of kits listed and you're like oh yeah i guess there's a forgery kit eh, who cares we have a disguise kit but i also have disguise self or someone in the party does. Yeah. And some of them, honestly, like, because if I was DM and, like, a rogue may not have a forgery kit, 
or a bard maybe even if they were like i'm gonna try and forge a signature or forge this letter i'd probably just go okay roll your sleight of hand yeah like, i don't even think i'd ask for the kit you know? yeah. yeah so um anyway uh their saving throws are intelligence to wisdom it's weird that it's intelligence to me mm-hmm. right and i guess i'm thinking it's because of the nature nature yeah however shouldn't it be charisma shouldn't it be for your handle animal Yep. And you're intimidate, especially when you're... Yeah, but at the same time, like, druids are very... It's, uh... it's a knowledge of nature, I think. But remember, yeah. this, this is your saving throw as well. How many intelligent saving throws are you doing? Yeah. You're doing some. Your intellect devours, for example. But that's not much of why does a druid get advantage on that. Yeah. Right? Like, oh. So, anyway... Anyway, thought I thought I would throw that I th- out. I think they're just getting away from charisma because Perf- uh, uh, a lot of druids are, are, like, they're hermits. They're removed from society. They're... Like they are by their flavor, kind of painted as a little awkward, so they 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 pull away from that, um, and either awkward as in they are shy, or awkward as in they don't know how to handle people, or awkward as in they are like I couldn't meet a Kalima. It like, drive me mad. Oh yeah, I just couldn't handle it. But talk to me like a human being. Uh, I I don't know. It just seems a, a weird saving throw to get. Yep. I, I would. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have gone with Constitution for all the poison shit? Yeah, right. Actually, you know what? The so many other things and berries the, and shit. So many other things in the book get Constitution. I actually, I really like the intelligence and uh, uh, wisdom for these guys. I don't know. It seems a little thematically off. I guess it depends on which subclass you go with, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Your skills: Arcana, interesting, interesting. Animal handling, insight. Well, there's my charisma again. Medicine. There's your herbalism. Nature, perception, religion, and survival. Even religion feels strange to me. I know you're a divine caster. You probably never went to church. But now we're going to start to talk about druid circles here pretty quickly. Yep. And this is going to take place of a, a temple. It's a little bit more freeform, a little bit more open. And uh, and so religion can very much be a factor, but it's different than a cleric or a paladin. Um, and so anyway, I just wanted to kind of point out that their skills are a little, they're a little scattered. Weird. Yeah. Right? Um I'd probably be looking into my backgrounds to fill out some things like stealth for a druid moving through the woods. They don't get either acrobatics or athletics. No, they don't. I mean, the cleric didn't either, which you'd think they'd get athletics. Yep. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. The skills are a little bit strange if it's said to me. There are ones like gather information that I miss from 3.5, and there's stuff uh, that I'm, I'm not so much missing use magic device, but why is concentration not considered a skill? Yeah. Right? It's it's still mentioned. It's still a factor, but it's not in your character sheet. It's just odd to me. Yep. Anyway. Um, your uh, basic equipment is uh, leather and wood. Or scimitar. Or your basic thing. You get your druidic focus. Works essentially as a holy symbol. Um, or a component pouch. Where you still need to have these items. But you're not casting with them. You're holding it up. And you're using of your free hand to do it. Here's another issue that i have um that i had with cleric as well where you need three hands to be functioning as this class uh because you're using your bonus or not your bonus your interaction to stow a weapon or to draw a weapon over and over and over and over and over again yeah so um i i don't know it seems a little and you don't have it on your shield with a druid i mean you can but it's not built into it yeah like it is with a cleric anyway you know druidic uh, this is my favorite thing about druids is actually the secret language. Uh, everyone, uh, all druids inherently know it. 
Sure, let, I'll magically hand wave that. That's great. But I love that you can leave secret messages. And I have two trains of thought on this for, for the secret messages you can leave in Druidic. First and foremost is um, you guys, I, I'm thinking like a Where's Waldo. Like it's very obviously there's what you're looking for in there, but not everyone can see it right yeah. away. Yeah. So it's hidden with a high enough uh, perception check. Uh, anyone else can see that it's there, but they can't read it. But most people can't see it. Yeah. Right. So that's pretty cool. I really like the idea of Blair Witch putting yeah. all those totems up. Those are the messages that I would do for yeah. Druidic. Right. I would have they're, little they're piles totems. of rocks. Yeah, the totems are like uh, these markers that are very uh, almost supernatural in nature that would just creep the hell out of you. Like, and I, I like the Blair Witch. Like, I always think of like little stick man yeah, yeah. thing. Like, I like the idea of there are three rocks that are stacked over in the corner. Nobody need like sees that. You just they're wake not up and they're next to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not obviously there um, at first glance. But a druid knows that those three different kinds of moss that are on the rocks yeah. means that you know, the spring is going to be longer this year or whatever it is, whatever yeah. message that they're leaving. So I think that like. Um, the, the solstice is going to be particularly magical or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. There's some really cool things you can do with these messages. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't think DMs lean into that enough. Uh, spell casting is essentially the same as, as the clerics, right? You're wisdom-based. You can change it up um, after, uh, or you get all your spell slots after a long rest. I, I wanted to bring out real quick, druid cantrips are the best cantrips in the game. Yeah, hands down. I freaking love them. Shillelagh is fantastic. Yeah. Like, as a cantrip, that uh, I mentioned it before in the Bard episode where I had a character who could cast Shillelagh. And he used it to turn his loot, or Viola, into a club if things got too close. And then it lets you use your spellcasting modifier as both your attack and damage ability modifier. Nice. Right? And so you, as a wizard-based spellcaster are now attacking with your wisdom on a melee thing as well, on a cantrip. So but, yeah. you can do this as often as you want, right? Like, it's just um, dru uh, druid craft itself, like being able to spawn little flowers and stuff. Like, these are the guys who are sitting there going like, oh, look at the sad child. I am Groot. Here's the little flower for you. Yeah. Oh, it, for if you're, we were just talking about speaking druidic, leaving messages, that's what your druid craft's for as well. Yeah. You can you can car carve that message, essentially. Yeah. Leave it. Yeah. But these guys are also the ones that get mold earth. And shape water. And oh, some wizards get it too. Some wizards get it as well. Okay. Well, still, like, th those have very druidic flavors to them. Yeah. And they are the most powerful hands in the game, really. Um. Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the other thing. You can change your spell list all the time. Yep. Right after a long rest. You're not beholden to the ones that you have. You're a ritual caster. Makes a lot of sense when you're when you think about the circle that you're a part of. Um. And your uh, your, your spellcasting focus, which I mentioned before, is your is your druidic totem. You just read the words wild shape. I did, and I just I hate it. I just hate wild shape through and through. That's so interesting. To I me. like wild it, shape. It is. It That's is. the thing that draws me to druids the most. Yeah, when I think I, of druids, I think wild shape. Yeah, I think wild shape before spells. Yeah, most people do, and I think that's why I didn't like them at first. Um, well, for previous editions, is because it's all about hey, look at me, I'm a wolf. Hey, look at me, I'm a tiger. Hey, look at me, I'm an eagle. Hey, look at me, I'm a rat. Um, yeah, okay, congratulations. Can you do something that isn't just being a furry? Like, <laughs> fuck. I just, fuck. 
That's what I got. Well, that's anyway. what fairies do. So <laughs> thanks, Derek. So, I, so I've been so, so I've been so. Yif. Uh, I think it's pronounced Jif. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Nice. Well done. I could so, give that one to you. So starting at second level, you can use your action to magically assume a shape of a beast. You do have to use an action for this, which means that your first turn is garbage. This is fantastic. You can use this feature twice. You, you read that as though you were reading from the book. I was like, I was looking at my page going, there's no way it says, which means your first turn is garbage. <laughs> uh, your druid level determines the beast you can transform into. Uh, it goes all the way up to uh, maximum CR of 1 when you are at 8th level. Remember, it's beast, not creature. You don't get your aberrations. You don't get your monstrosities. There are some ways that you can do it depending Later on your circle. Later on, I think, right? Only depending on your circle. Yeah, oh. Circle of the Moon are the ones where you could get to be elementals, where you can yeah. get to be, yeah. All right, here's the other thing you got to pay attention to as well. And here's my other problem is, your druid has the monster manual in his hand, and that pisses me off. Hmm. Because they have to be able to have all of their all of the creature stats, yeah. what's available to them. And so they're flipping around all the time. That just annoys me in the first place. I get that the wizard has to do it for some spells. Yeah, but at the same time, it's beasts. So, like... You're flipping to the back of the book no, where all the yeah, standard beasts are, that, right? And yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if your druid wants to learn the stat, like the stats of a baboon, right? Whatever. No, that's not my problem. My problem is roll initiative. Hold on. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Does anyone have volos? Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Look, if you are a druid, you have homework to do. And most druids I find, the ones that I've encountered, haven't done the homework. Yeah. So I guess that's where my problem comes from. Here's the other thing about a druid that I feel is just like a little overpowered for the wild shape is this. Um, first of all, you can stay in uh, as a uh, as a beast for the number of hours equal to half your druid level. Fine. You can revert to your normal form um, uh, by using a bonus action. Fine. If you drop to zero hit points. You just return back to yourself. You return, but okay, Terry, if you have two hit points as a wolf, and I hit you for eight, you revert back to your normal self, and you take those two as your wolf, and then you take the six as yourself. Right. So, does it not make more sense to you, or for you to um, be monitoring your own hit points that are left all the time? Because most beasts are CR1 and lower, you're always managing your 13 hit points. Over and over and over again. And, oh, God, I got hit by a goblin arrow. Somebody heal me up really quickly because my eagle is going to die soon. Yeah. This feels useless to me. Right? And it, you get, it's, you're just getting temporary hit points for uh, some stats that are, or a you're, skill, maybe. You're, you're getting temporary hit points for a uh, temporary uh, stat increase that might... It depends how you, some movements. Like, depends how you're it's using more utility, wild but you also cannot cast spells unless it, you're 18th level. I think at lower levels, I don't know if you're using wild shape as much for combat, but maybe more for some exploration. I get stuff. it for exploration. It's the people that are jumping into tiger, yeah, right, real early, and then stick with it all the way through. And it's just not it's not powerful enough for me to want to do it at high levels. It's overpowered at some points for low levels. Mm. I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not digging it. It's not what I would want to play. Uh, but then it's soon, you're, you're right. It soon switches to overpowered because when you get to the point where you can turn into a dragon, then you have. But that. you but you never can because that's dragon type. This is beasts only. No, uh, there's there's a way can. you can. Well, okay, when you get into the circle of the moon, moon right? Yeah. yeah. 
But that's what I mean. But then you have that full block of hit points, and then your own. Yeah, your two players back to back, really. And that's that's one of the things I don't like about it, right? Anyway, um, your game statistics are replaced by the statistics of the beast, but you retain your alignment, personality, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores. Yep. All other game stats turn into. Um, you also retain your skill and saving throw proficiencies. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to gaining those of the creature. So over and over and above. As a wolf, I'm still proficient in sleight of hand. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's it's the proficiencies, right? As you, a wolf, you, you're you still proficient in medicine. But you're not keeping the stats. You just are still proficient with these. So now that person that just looked up baboon for the first time is doing a whole shit ton of math that I don't want them doing at the table. Do your math ahead of time and bring the stats to the table. Yeah. It just pisses me off as a DM. And as a player, I would feel overwhelmed all the time. Yeah, I would as well. Um, the, the, there's so many different things going on where you're going to be choosing different creatures for so much stuff. There's, you're going to get to a point where you just couldn't predict something and yep. you're just not going to be prepped for it. Yeah, um, you can't cast spells. Um, but you can maintain concert, concentration. Yep. Uh, you retain the benefit of any features from your class, race, or other source. You can use them in the new form uh, as long as it's physically capable of doing it. Um, one of the things that I really like is you choose whether your equipment falls to the ground in your space, merges into your new form, or is worn by it. Mm-hmm. If it merges in, you don't get that armor AC anymore. It is just merged into your form and you're storing it essentially in an extra dimensional space. Mm-hmm. But you can choose whether or not to drop your sword on the ground for someone else to pick up. Or you as the baboon are still going to wear the leather armor. Right? Which I, I think is a lot of fun. Hilarious. Yeah, I think I think it is. And it's it's a you choose in the moment as well. Like it's not a will be long term thing. Yeah. Um, so it your equipment doesn't change size or shape to match the new form. So you have to physically be able to wear it. It has to make sense. Yeah. Can't, giant crocodile can't wear your leather armor. Yeah, exactly. Um, you get a druidic Mom? circle at level two. <laughs> Uh, you get your ability score uh, improvements, standard, 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, and 19th. Um, at 18th level. So you see, there's a jump. So this is all based on your circle. From yeah. There, right? So More based on circle than it is based off of, like, a cleric based off domain, which is still massive. Yeah. Uh, timeless body uh, at 18th level. You age slower at 110 speed. That's a weird one. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Like, Really? Is this this what we're giving at 18th level as the as the nighest? All right, you know what? You know how many months go by for like a week of D and D gameplay? Yeah. Anyway, like who gives a shit? No, that I, is purely so you in there play, for an NPC. You can play the same campaign for ten years, and your character just ages. Now you're 36. No one cares. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're you're right, Dan. That's in there for an NPC, or when you have created your character. Early on, and I've seen this where I was a level 20 wizard who has been depowered to level 1. Yeah. I've seen that a handful of times. You can do that with a druid and be like, and that's why I'm an elf that's 9 kajillion yeah, years I'm old. Yeah, I'm now 20,000 years old. And again, nobody cares but you. Yeah. This is just a weird addition to add in. And you will forget by the first time you roll an Yeah, Israel. yeah. So anyway. Yeah, what, what does this person have anything to do killing a horde of goblins? Yeah. Well, you had uh, like an extended lifespan built into one of your previous characters, yeah. and it was something that you used for flavor all the time, but had no impact upon the no. mechanics of. And so it was neat, but at some point you're like, "Oh, I pull out my stool and I sit down," and I, we're like, "Yes, Dan, we know." All right, so what does the barkeeper say? 
right? So, um, beginning at 18th level, you I can cast. Rezu. I miss him too. Actually, it was a lot of fun. Fuck Rezu. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just made Terry angry. <laughs> uh, beginning at 18th level. So here's the other thing you get because Timeless Body is so shit. You get two things as a druid. Um, you can cast many of your druid spells in any shape. You assume using wild shape, you can perform the somatic and verbal components of a druid spell, um, uh, <laughs> but you aren't able to provide material components. Why? Why can you? Or, like, I get the giant crocodile can't produce like a pinch of ash. Yeah, but if you're a baboon that chooses to wear the co- component pouch on the outside, right? Yeah, exactly. Or a even, raccoon. A raccoon, even like the talons of an eagle reaching down and picking yeah. it up, and like it's just it's so bizarre. And yet, your ant can speak, <laughs> but only to cast. Like, because this is built in. You, you can't speak real words. You can just speak your magic words. Yeah. That's so weird to me. And the Arch Druid is you can wild shape an unlimited number of times. Oh, good. We get more. So, like, I'm already annoyed with the base Druid because as a base, it's it's garbage pants to me. Hmm. Um, now, Dan, you jumped the gun a little bit. I wanted to roll initiative on something real no, quick. No, that's it. That's all we need to hear about <laughs> Druids. That'll be the end of the episode. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> Um, I'm going to read off uh, from the list of... I did this at the end of, for the clerics of all of the um, spells that are cleric only. I'm going to read off the list of the druid only spells. And I want you guys... We're going to roll initiative. Everybody think about which one they really freaking like. Okay. Chile. I got a six. I'm telling you, man. I'm essentially... Cursed. I got 15. I won. All right. So I'm going to go through them all. You, you're picking a cantrip. That's, Do I stop that's you fun. when I get to one that I like? Um, no, hold on to it. I was going to stop you, Shillelagh. So, um, wait until I get to the end. So, this is out of the Player's Handbook and Xanathar's, and I think the Summit of Elemental Evil as well. Okay. Um, here we go. Druidcraft, Primal Savagery, Produce Flame, Shillelagh, Thorn Whip, Entangle, Flame Blade, Moonbeam, Call Lightning, Giant Insect, Anti-Life Shell, Maelstrom, Reincarnate, Bones of the Earth, Druid Grove, Primordial Ward, uh, Transport via Plants, Wall of Thorns, Wind Walk, Animal Shapes, Tsunami, and Storm of Vengeance. Terry, you're first. Which one, like... Druidcraft. Druidcraft? No, just joking, because that's the first one you said. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. when you get the server to read the entire list of the taps. The first one. Um, and what are your sauces? Fuck, <laughs> 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 exactly. Me. Um, do you know what? I really like Primal Savagery. Yeah? But I got Primal Savagery... Through my arcane trickster, somehow I can't remember how. Because you're a bard, and you get to choose from other. Uh, yeah, well, rogue. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I can't remember how I got Primal Savage. Maybe it's just it, it is available to arcane trickster somehow. So I've experienced with that spell is my point, and I really liked it because there was times in our campaign where, for whatever reason, our weapons were gone and we were out on our own, and it was I think it's just a verbal spell or maybe it's just some I don't, I don't have that in front of me no and so i could always whack out primal savagery and i think it's maybe two or three d10 and it's acid damage as well yeah. it's not slashing damage yeah so essentially you just become saber tooth for a round it's awesome yeah um it's re- cantrip i think as well right it is, it yeah. is yeah which is i really like shillelagh i know um, but did, was there another but, one? uh uh yes there is um i like the uh uh, the last one you did, Storm of Vengeance. Yeah, Storm of Vengeance. Uh, if there is ever a, like, I am going to wreak unholy havoc. <laughs> uh, 
God damn it, Terry. Do <laughs> you see me trying to get away? Yeah. Well, let's see again. Okay. Terry's left. These are your uncles, Dan and Adam. We have some tips about how to not be on social media. <laughs> Here's a hint. Erase it from all your phones. Get a flip phone and live in the real world. Go okay. outside. Become a druid. Go hi, so, Terry. Yeah, oh, hi, Terry. Here's some Tinder tips for no, you. No, no. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. Once so, he's done the Tinder tips, he starts talking grinder. Find me on Tinder. <laughs> Storm of Vengeance. And uh, go. Yeah. No, I, it's, it, if there ever is a spell that just says, look at the amount of raw power I contain, it is Storm of Vengeance. It is just um, summoning this massive storm, if I'm getting it right. Uh, summoning the massive storm to rain hail and lightning and all this stuff down. It's just, it is, it is the it, the biggest cock measuring contest ever. And the Druid wins for this big spell. Well, that's because you wild shaped into one. Or, yeah, Rooster. That's, yeah, yeah yes. I'm with you. Okay. So I, I just, I like it. it. It, the raw power of nature is on full display in that spell. And it's just. Well, it's a nice cool. level too, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Here's my favorite because it's the only thing that I've seen that actually does this. I've said in the past that I don't like a lot of the bestow curse and remove curse stuff. Right. Especially when it comes to lycanthropy. Because to me, while it's traditionally the curse of the werewolf, um, you shouldn't be able to just remove that as like a third level spell or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like it just seems too easy. And yet, second level evocation is a moonbeam. So five foot radius, 40 foot high cylinder. Uh, moonlight comes in, it's engulfed in ghostly flames if a creature enters the spell area. Blah, 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 standard fare. 2d10 radiant damage. But a shape changer makes its saving throw with disadvantage. If it fails, it also instantly reverts to its original form and can't assume a different form until it leaves the spell's light. This is how you deal with werewolves and boars and bears and everything else. Yeah. And it's the only thing that is anything like that in the player's handbook. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I thought that was a really cool way to do it. And also it's, it's one of these ones that scales um, third level or higher damage increases by one D 10. Mm-hmm. So um, like you that. also get, can move the moonbeam as well. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. Like I, I, did, I thought that was a really good way to, mm-hmm. or a good addition to the druids specifically. Hmm. So um, let's cut to commercial. Before we move on to our circles. For those sure. suffering from lycanthropy. <laughs> no? no? I like it. This episode is brought to you by WildBot3D.com. Condition markers, spell trackers, AoE templates, scatter terrain, and much more. Proudly made in Georgia and personally packaged and shipped worldwide. That's WildBot3D, your home for quality 3D printed tabletop gaming accessories and terrain. Visit WildBot3D.com to purchase your new favorite accessories today. WildBot3D.com Wildbot. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, let's get into the um, into the druid circles. We've each got one. Let's roll initiative and see who goes first. Fourteen. 12. Seven. Well, I mean, it's not last. I'll take it. Okay. So uh, Adam hates wild shape. Mm. Um, so when we were discussing who's going to take what circle, Adam was like, "I'll take whatever, just not circle of the moon." I freaking love circle of the moon. I like you, circle. You of the would. Moon as well. It's it's just it's a and. An animalistic version of a barbarian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's actually a build that involves Circle of the Moon barbarians and Totem Warrior. Oh, sorry. Totem Warrior barbarians and Circle of the Moon druids. Um, 
I've built one. You, they're just a mountain of hit points, and you cannot kill them. They're fantastic. Also, I, I'm bored. Yeah, uh, yeah. By like seventh session, yeah. I don't want to play this anymore. I oh, you're a bear. I don't give a shit. Well, no, no. You get to choose many different. There's there's a lot of beasts. Like yeah, there's limitations, and as you get through uh, Circle of the Moon, those limitations are significantly lessened for Circle of the Moon Druid for his wild shape. Um, you get more options. You get more powerful options and the things you could do within those options are just mind-boggling add on a couple levels of barbarian and totem warrior you're golden so anyways um circle of the moon is your shape changer they are your uh vague like hanthropes they are your howl at the howl at the moon druids these are your crazy folks living in the jungle um they are fierce it says in the book here fierce guardians of the wild they are using this ability to uh, bestially change their nature to protect nature. And I, I find that really, really cool and really... Uh, uh, I This is the one kind of druid I would play. I don't like the other kinds because I get a lot of that tree-huggy feel. This one I don't. This one is purely based off the wild shape. No, you can do this with a barbarian. You could do this with this as well and have that... the The flavor of... Like, the true font of nature's power but, being thrown at him. Yeah, all right. All right? right? <laughs> Adam's so unimpressed. He's so unimpressed. I love... The, we have to talk about this because we have to go through our Druid episode, but all the time we knew that Adam was going to be so unimpressed. Like, for just an hour, we're just going to try not to piss him I off. want you to know that when we sit down to, like, break out who's going to be the DM on each, we all pick, like, our 12 classes. We divided it by three. Yeah. And I let you two choose first. Yeah. And you slaughtered me with Cleric and Druid. Yeah. God damn it, guys. We didn't make you do Circle of the Moon for Druid. You're welcome. You're going to do the other ones. Uh-huh. Talk your stupid shit, Dan. <laughs> Talk your stupid shit, Okay, Mario. so... Uh, Tell us how turning into a butterfly is important, Dan. Uh, at second level... Wow. Uh, you... It immediately changes your wild shape. Uh, you get combat wild shape, Rumi which means your wild shape... Uh, you could use it as a bonus action rather than an action. Which means you can still do stuff for your first round of combat. Your first round is no longer garbage. But on top of that, while you're transforming your wild shape as a bonus action on subsequent turns, you can expend one spell slot to regain oh. subsequent subsequent turns. Sub- subsequent. Subsequent. Whatever. Uh, you can <laughs> try to do a thing. Yep. You can use a is bonus action speak? to expend one's fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just words, Dan. They can't hurt us. Uh. Uh. Um, you could use a bonus action to expel one spell slot to regain 1d8 hit points per level of the spell slot expended. So, you can heal yourself up while you're in this form as a bonus action. And because you're not really casting a lot of spells within your beast form, and this is so focused on your beast form, this is basically what you're making your spells slots for now. This is what you're reserving them for. It's like a paladin. You're not really using your spell slots as a paladin. You're more using them for smites. It's kind of the same concept. You're just using them for bonus action heals. Um, next, you get uh, start, also starting at second level, you get your circle forms, which is where uh, you could transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as one at second level. Um, when you hit sixth level, uh, you could transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as your druid level divided by three rounded down. This means at level 20, you could be a CR6, CR6 yeah. right? Um, which really opens it up. We're talking like some of your dinosaurs you're able to change into here, 
right? And yep. and and just absolutely wreck face. At sixth level, um, you get your uh, all of your attacks when you're within your beast form are magical um, for the purpose of overcoming resistance and immunity to non magical attacks. Uh, this is incredibly necessary, especially for sixth level. Um, your tiger is going to stop being effective after a while if his claws are still mundane. So, um, at tenth level, you get one of my favorite features of this is you get your elemental shape, which means you could turn into a CR six elemental form, um, which is a air, fire, earth, water, typical elementals. Um, at, oh, you can't do that at sixth level. No, you could at do it level two. Uh, tenth, so you could do a, a CR five, CR three, yeah. But by level twenty, you're hitting a CR six, right? Yep. Um, at 14th level, you get the ability to cast alter alter self on yourself at will. Um, I think that fits thematically. It seems kind of bland, um, but you get alter self for free whenever you want. Um, and that is the entirety of the Circle of the Moon. Can you be a hybrid? Do you have to be a human or a wolf? Can you be a wolf human? No, because it's not lycanthropy. And that's that's the thing that is... It's heavily flavored to be lycanthropy, but it's not the curse of lycanthropy. Hybrid does not exist. Did, mm-hmm. like, this would be the subclass that would have it, though. This would be the subclass that would have it. It doesn't. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I mean, you can flavor your alter self in such a way to give yourself that. Like, alter self kind of has that flavor to yeah, it. Like, you, you can, I want to give myself beast claws. Like, you can enforce that hybrid. But, but you mechan- get that until 14th level. mechanically, you're not having a claw attack, though. You just look more bestial. Right. I think you can actually give yourself a claw attack with alter self. I'll look it up. Oh, I'm going to give myself a claw attack. We don't get through these druids. <laughs> you're with me on this, Terry? Fuck druids. <laughs> I'm really selling this podcast. All right, look. All right, who's next? All right, I am, and I'm and I'm gonna fix the problem that we're everyone's having with druids right now. Thank God for you. Adam. All right, so you're welcome, Terry. You're welcome. I'm taking my cleric character, and she's like, "You're welcome." <laughs> so I hate him. You could give yourself claw attack as a with alter self. Do you get a bite or a tail? You or grow claws, else? fangs, spines, horns, or a different natural weapon of your choice. Your unarmed strikes deal one d six bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing damage as appropriate as appropriate to the natural weapon you choose, and you are proficient with your unarmed strike. Finally, the natural a- weapon is magic, and you have a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls you will make using it. Sure. Okay. Can you cast it on yourself while you are in animal form? Yes. At that level, you will be. Can able you to. be a? Yeah, okay. So you would be a dog and give yourself horns. Yeah. You'd be a horn dog. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, sure. Here's my problem um, with with druids is I feel like you never have access to the entire class at any given time. It always feels like you're not given enough, but sometimes you get more. Hold on. Wasn't there something about you being able to be other kinds of, of creatures besides mm-hmm. beasts? Nope. No. Just straight no. You can never be anything but a beast. I'll double check that. Let's double check it. I feel like there was a thing at some point, but I don't know. Maybe it's a um, circle. Transform into a beast with the challenge rating uh, as high as one. Um, at sixth level, you could transform into a beast with the challenge rating as high as your drew level uh, as three rounded down. In previous editions. The only thing you could change into that is not a beast is an elemental. Huh. In previous editions, you could be elemental, dragon, fey. Like, yeah, but at the same options. time, at the uh, by the time you're getting like elemental form, you're also getting uh, like dragon form spells, like aspect of the dragon. 
you're getting, um, which I'm not even sure is a spell in fifth edition. Yeah, why don't but, you look that up before you start spewing that nonsense? But no, you gotta stop you getting polymorph, things. Right. True polymorph, you could cast these things on yourself, right? Like, oh my god, right? But I mean, why would you? Like, I'm just to be a dragon. Sure, but you want to be a wizard until you're a dragon. Right, I, I don't know. There's nothing inherently awesome about being a druid that like that that sticks out to me, especially the wild shape aspect. Now, when I start to think about it, I want the flavor that I'm looking for is about the circles, right? One of the things that Fifth Ed did, which really kind of blew my mind, was it gave us the phrase monastic traditions for the monk. And I stopped and I went, oh yeah, shit, these are monks. Mm-hmm. These are actual like Tibetan monks. These are not just Flurry of Blows monkeys, right? Like, which is what they were in previous editions. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing monk-like about them. Uh, it was buried in the flavor text that everyone ignored and they just played mechanically. When we're dealing with, with druid craft and druidic as a language and whatnot, it, it, the concept of the monastic traditions started making me think about druidic traditions. And now I'm thinking about Celts. And I think I brought this up in the, yeah. in the DMs episode where um, I'm thinking about the people around Stonehenge. Uh, Stonehenge. I'm thinking about the um, uh, your. If you want to play a witch, you're playing a druid. You're not playing a warlock unless you're making a pact with a with a devil, right? But if you want to just be a, a nature witch, if you want to be uh, like uh, like a hag, yeah, like this it, druid is the way to do this. There's a lot of evil inherently built in to being a druid, and you technically are casting divine spells, so you can get weird like like primordial gods mm-hmm. that you can that you can get your your divine favor from. And this is where I think druids become more interesting. And that's why I like Circle of the Land, because if you're on your home turf, this is as close as you get to getting like layer, layer actions, actions yeah. or regional effects, right? So you don't actually get those. And as a druid, even when you wild shape, you don't get legendary or layer or regional effects, even if you would otherwise. It says right in the text. Mm-hmm. So, but here's what I like about the druid circles. I'm going to go through this real, real quick circle of the land. That's the one that I took. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to hit all the spells, and then I, I'm going to go through it. So, guys, get comfortable. There's a lot here. Okay. For Arctic, and we don't think about this enough, you can be a circle of the land, uh, an Arctic druid. Um, think of uh, think of almost like the White Walkers. Yep. Um you get hold person spike growth, which is cool because I don't think actual like thorns. A lot of people do. I'm thinking icicles, sleet storm, slow freedom of movement, ice storm, commune with nature, and cone of cold. Um, coast. So this is where you're going to get your pirate campaigns, and um, this is as close as you get to aquatic as well. You get mirror image, misty step, always useful. Uh, water breathing, water walk, control water, freedom of movement, conjure elemental, and scrying. You have defeated a lot of the shit the DM has just put in your way for an aquatic or a pirate campaign. Oh, you fell off the boat? Doesn't matter. You got water breathing and water walk and control water. Uh, desert, uh, you have blur, silence, create food and water, which is useful. Protection from energy, blight, which is one of my favorites. Hallucinary, I like blight. Uh, hallucinary terrain, insect plague, which is always fun thematically, and wall of stone. Forest gets bark skin, spider climb, call lightning, plant growth, divination, which is kind of weird for forest, but I mean, why not? Read him runes and shit, maybe. Yeah. Freedom of movement, commune with nature, and tree stride. Tree stride is one of my favorite spells. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Yeah, that was really neat, Terry. That's the one where you, uh, 
you become a part of the tree over here and step out of the tree over there. Yeah, I like that one. Um, that, that's got a really cool... I And I always think of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Because it's tree portals. That's just me. Uh, grassland, invisibility. Holy shit. <laughs> right? You just... No invisibility. Pass without trace, daylight, haste again. Holy shit. Uh, divination, freedom of movement, dream, and insect plague. Mountain is... This is going to be your volcano as well. Yep. Um... Spider climb, spike growth, lightning bolt, meld into stone, stone shape, um, stone skin, pass wall, and wall of stone. So, you know, we got a theme Rocks. on that one. Yeah. Rocks and shit. If you're going to be a Goliath druid, that one. Your, your mountain. That one makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, swamp is darkness, melts acid arrow, which is kind of neat. I would probably take the arrow off of it and just be like uh, energy blast of acid. Yeah. Yep. Um, water walk. Stinking Cloud, uh, Freedom of Movement, Locate Creature, Insect Plague, and Scrying, and then Underdark. Spider Climb and Web, cool. Yeah. Um, gaseous Form, Stinking Cloud, also cool. All right, I'm going to do it so far. Greater Invisibility, Stone Shape. You're doing Greater Invisibility at 7th level, right? You're, oh. Yeah. Uh, wow. Cloud Kill and That's Insect OP. Plague, right? So Circle of Land is why I like Druids. Because it's very flavored in the direction of where you are matters. And as a DM, I got to keep that in mind for whatever the player is playing this. Is I can't take them out of their their element too often. Yeah. What do you do with caves and dungeons and urban? Time to, to think about that. I mean, you'll still get these spells. But I would I would flavor it to be like you, you have a, a yearning to get back to your homeland. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's not even the abilities they get. That's just the spells. So, here's what they get. Bonus cantrip at second level. So, now you're getting as many cantrips as a, a full caster. Mm -hmm. Your wizard or your cleric. Natural recovery starting at second level. You regain some of your magical energy by sitting in meditation and communing with nature. So, um, the spell slots. Uh, the, uh, during short rest, you choose how many expended spell slots to recover. Uh... The spell slots can have a combined level that is equal to or less than half your druid level rounded up. It's one of the only times we see rounded, rounded up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and none of the slots can be six level or higher. So, for example, if you are a level 12 druid, you can get three level four, two level six, um, uh, 12 level ones, a level. No, it's half your caster level, isn't it? Half oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you uh, get one level six, yeah. one level five. And a yeah, level one. And a level one. You could do three level twos. Like, there's really no limit to, yeah. to this. So, that's a lot of fun. Circle spells um, are the ones that I just read out. You get them at third, fifth, seventh, and ninth level, two apiece. Uh, and I'm not done yet. So, you also get land stride. Starting at sixth six level, you can move through non-magical difficult terrain. Jeez. Sixth level, yeah. Nature's ward. Um, oh, also, you don't take damage from thorns or spines or other things like that. So, terrain level damage. Um, you also have advantage on saving throws against plants that are magically created. Um, and uh, it, that includes the entangle spell. You have advantage against entangle. Holy jeez. Yep. Nature's ward. When you reach 10th level, you can't be charmed or frightened by elementals or fey. And you are immune to poison and disease. <laughs> shit. Yep. And that's 10th so cool. level. And at 14th, there's still more... Creatures um, of the natural world sense your connection with nature and become hesitant 
to attack you. When a beast or plant creature attacks you, that creature must make a wisdom saving throw against your druid spell save DC. On a fail, it has to choose a different target. Huh. Tell me again how wild shape is useful at all. Right, this enough, this yeah. is a full caster, right? And it's got so many benefits of being a full caster. There's a lot of flavor to this. And you are... Druids have always been fairly powerful, comparatively. But, I mean, flavor-wise, they've always kind of sucked. Uh, as a tree-hugging hippie. Yeah. Fifth Ed has gone in another direction. By embracing the idea of the circle, the idea that um, you and other like-minded individuals get together and... Uh, draw magic from the land itself, from the essence of of nature, of the earth, of the the dirt under your feet, or the water, or the earth around you. If you're you're in the underdark, like it is so cool to think that there are a whole bunch of druids holding hands around the mouth of a volcano, praying to it and getting magic from it, mm-hmm. right? Or that are sucking up the phase rests um, uh, radiation from the underdark. Right or breathing deep the mists of a swamp, and they're getting inherent magic from this because they're together and they are chanting. That's the other thing. When I'm doing Circle of Land, my druidic is chanting, and I'm thinking old Latin chants. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. This should be as pagan as you can get. This is your pagan spellcaster, which is odd that it's it's divine to me a little bit. But I think you were right when you said like primordial gods, though. Like, yeah, yeah, you're really tapping into that. This is an option somewhere between the great old one warlock, yeah, and the um, this is my god, and his name is Joe. He says that I should hit it with a mace, right? Well, that's what a cleric gets for a for a druid. The druid is far more earthly. I want a druid that that I mean knows how to shower, keeps himself clean, but his hands are always dirty with ash. He's got war paint on his face. Yeah. Right. These are where your shamans or shamans stand. With, yeah. Right. Um, this is where your thank you your sham on you. <laughs> your your war, uh, your tribal war chiefs are. This is circle of the land to me. Right. When you talk about your superstitious orcs, there should be druids. Oh in yeah, here, they, yeah. Right. Um, that's that's their spellcaster to me. Would be sorcerer because maybe, right, and druid. So. Anyway, I'm super excited about Circle of Land and really only a little Circle of Spores, which we'll cover in a future episode. But the rest of the wild shape nonsense is left by the wayside in this in this circle. You can still turn into a hawk and scout the area. Congratulations. Right? You could there are a thousand other ways to do shit like that in D and don't feel the need to do that flavor wise. Yeah. But this is cool. There are a lot of good land flavors, and you need to start thinking about adapting to things like marshlands and jungles and other other things, uh, um, tundras, maybe not just Arctic, but, you know, Canada. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, I've talked for too long. Terry, what's yours? Uh? <laughs> okay, here we go. Last one on druids. I'm diving into Xanathar's, uh, and we're going for um, Circle of the Shepherd. Uh, so Circle of the Shepherd, um, basically these druids commune with the spirits of nature, of beasts and the fae, and they call to those spirits for aid. I imagine them kind of like whispering to butterflies in very Radagast style is how I kind of see this. Yeah, they don't okay. want to be... You said fae, which is interesting. Yeah, that's... they don't want to be anywhere near cities. They want to be far away from people. 
I'm, I feel like as I get older, I'm becoming increasingly more like this. <laughs> just, <laughs> just more fake. Like, there was a time in my life when I was like, I want to live in downtown Vancouver. And now I'm like, fuck this. I'm going the other way where there's no people. Yeah. Uh, um, so, to go through their abilities, there are, and I just triple checked, I just checked Xanathar's while you were talking there. There is no, um, like, extra spells they get. There's no, like, specific spells to this circle. They just go with the regular druid spells. But they do have some pretty cool abilities. So I'll go through them. Seatbelts on people. Here we go. Second level. You get what's called Speech of the Woods. And I actually quite like this. You automatically learn to speak, read, and write Sylvan. Okay. Now you can talk to mushrooms. Nice. Um, in addition... <laughs> hey. Hummingbirds too. And hummingbirds With the right too. mushrooms, they'll talk back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever seen a movie called Shrooms? Yes. No, I haven't. It's a British movie. But yeah, there's a scene in that where she's like, there's a cow talking to her and she's like, am I on mushrooms? And he's like, you're talking to a fucking cow, aren't you? Anyway, <laughs> internet, watch shrooms, good British movie. Okay, uh, so um, Speech of the Woods, um, you can speak, read and write Sylvan. You can also speak to beasts now. Um, they can't speak to you, like have a conversation, but you uh, can understand things that they have recently learned, where they've recently been, what they've recently seen, and they can yeah, okay. put across emotions to you. It's only second level. Um, this is actually going to be really useful for things where like dryads and shit as well. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Uh, also, starting at second level, you gain the ability to call forth nature spirits and use them to influence the world around you. So there's three spirits. So you can call forth the bear spirit, and the bear spirit grants you and your allies its might and endurance. Each creature of your choice in the aura, when the spirit appears, gains temporary hit points equal to five plus your druid level. In addition, you and your allies gain advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws while you are in the aura. Nice. Everyone becomes a barbarian. At second level. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's all right. Or you can choose the Hawk Spirit. The Hawk Spirit is a consummate hunter, uh, aiding you and your allies with its keen sight. When a creature makes an attack, roll against the target in the spirit's area. Oh, sorry. Makes an attack roll against the target in the spirit's area. You can use your reaction to grant advantage to that attack roll. In addition, you and your allies have advantage on wisdom um, perception checks while in the aura. Cool. So you're going to team up with the rogue on this one? Yeah. Final one, Unicorn Spirit. The Unicorn Spirit lends its protection to those nearby. You and your allies gain advantage on all ability checks made to detect creatures in the spirit's aura. In addition, if you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to any creature inside or outside the aura, each creature of your choice in the aura also regains hit points equal to your druid level. Oh, yeah. yeah a lot of healing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Also, I know it's like, Unicorn, yay! Yeah. Unicorns are fucking badass in D and D, mm -hmm. and you should look into it. Yeah. Um, I would also like to point out, like, there's a lot of uh sim similarity here between the totem warrior barbarian and the this class. You don't have to choose one or the other. One or the other. Cross class in. And well, you could be like, today I'm going to choose the unicorn spirit, and then I'll sleep for yep. an hour, and then when I wake up, I'll do the hawk spirit. Yeah, hundred percent. Barbarian, your bear totem, your bear totem. Until 6th level, and then you can be bear totem, and then another totem. You can't move it around. Yeah. So, like, it's... it's Far more versatile. Like, far more versatile. You know, that may explain why you don't have a whole lot of your own spells as well to choose from. That might yep. be a little bit OP. So you get these cool abilities. Okay, Mighty Summoner at 6th level. Beast and Fae that you conjure are more resilient than normal. Any beast or Fae summoned or created by a spell that you cast gains two benefits. The first one is the creature appears with more hit points than normal. Two extra hit points per hit die that it has. The second one is the damage from its natural weapons is considered magical for the purpose of overcoming immunity and resistance to non-magical attacks. All right, hold damage. on. You can summon this thing? Yes. 
And what's the limitation on what it can be? Uh, beasts and Fae. Summon by a spell that you cast. Yeah, so like if you're casting um, summon, uh, is summon nature's ally a thing anymore? Conjure animals or something. Conjure animals, yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Those kind of things. Guardian spirit, begin the 10th level. Your spirit totem safeguards the beast and fae that you call forth with your magic. When a beast or fae that you summoned or created with a spell ends its turn in your spirit totem aura, the creature regains a number of hit points equal to half your druid level. Holy shit. So you can run out, attack, and run back in. Yeah. You know, and get healed up. You know what I want to do right now is I want to build a, uh, a, a pact of the chain. Warlock, yeah. Warlock w- w- and cross-class into this, right? Uh, if I'm multi-classing... Every time you summon this thing, it gets beefed. You get a super familiar now. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Last one. Faithful summons starting at 14th level. The nature spirits you commune with protect you when you are at the most defenseless. Um, if you are reduced to zero hit points or, or, or are incapacitated against your will, you can immediately gain the benefits of conjure animals. So funny we just said that. Uh, as if it were cast with a ninth level spell slot. It summons four beasts of your choice that are a challenge rating of two or lower. The conjured beasts appear within 20 feet of you. If they receive no commands from you, they protect you from harm and attack your foes. The spell lasts for one hour requiring no concentration or until you dismiss it. This is where you're getting your, your giant snakes and yeah. shit. Like... That's nutty. So when you hit zero hit points, four giant snakes just boof out just, of you and yeah. protect you. Yeah, and they well, you're okay. How many times have I taught you guys a lesson as a DM by waiting for you to hit death saves and then hitting you one more fucking time? Yeah, yeah. Right. So you get the auto fail. I can't do that now. I yeah. like. I've, but I always agreed with you, even though you were doing it to me, um, of that hitting a game because, especially with those. Well, you can make arguments for lower intelligence and higher intelligence creatures. A higher intelligence creature would know to keep hitting you, but a lower intelligence creature wouldn't know to stop hitting you. An yeah. ogre is going to beat you into the ground and then just keep beating you into the ground. My my, uh, my question is, are they going for the kill? Yeah. Right? And that's it. Like, it, Do they understand the concept of murder and neutralizing, or are they just wiping you? Down you go when they attack the Yeah, that's state. it as well. Are they interested in neutralizing the threat, or are they trying to kill you? Right. Yeah. The mother bear... Protecting the cubs isn't going for the kill. Yeah. They're knocking you out. You're no longer a threat. On to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but you don't get that option with this. I really like Circular Shepherd. That's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's it's, Again, tactical, strategic thinking. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little disappointed with the lack of animal companions in 5th edition. Not that they're super useful beyond, like, level 7 anyway. But there there isn't any. Even your familiars are lessened in 5th compared to previous editions. This seems to be a great response to that. And I absolutely love it. I think that's that's a fantastic subclass. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have anything else on... No, that really is all they get. And I say all because it's just... What I mean is that just abilities. But uh, I think they're very effective. And I think they're useful. And I did honestly find it uh, a little more attractive than the other druid circles. Yeah, Look, the, I don't like traditional druids, and I don't like werewolves. Yeah. Right? Uh, so that's it. But there are some far better options, and druids really are now a viable class to me. As much as I roll my eyes at, oh, God, we got to do a druid episode. Yeah. Right? They're so much more fun than they ever have been in the past. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like, I, I think in the Meet the DMs, I said they were my least favorite class. Um, I'm kind of interested in playing a Circle of the Shepherd now. Yeah. Like, that sounds really cool, eh? and then mixing that with Barbarian, because of course. Yeah. Uh, but, like, 
doing that. It sounds oh, very warlock, intriguing man. as a character. Yeah, or warlock. Your barbarian warlock druid, Dan. We've just maybe a little bit of uh, College of the Sword bard as well. Now, throwing two levels of paladin and yeah, yeah, a little bit of everything. So, I want to play a character that is one level of every class. I just want to know what that would look like. Your turn would be fucking a nightmare. When you're adding your smite, but you're also adding your hex. But you're, also but you're only your... level one. Mm, I guess. So, anyway. So, you're just adding hex. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I think that's really cool. Is there anything else that we want to talk about with our subclasses? I don't think so. I think we should no, do a shout out. Yeah, let's do it. What do let's you got? do a shout out. Okay, Rackham. It's your turn to get your <laughs> shout out on our world famous D&D podcast. Actually, it's doing pretty good. We're, Actually, yeah, we're, just we're not doing too terrible right now. I was like, holy oh, fuck. <laughs> we're in the thousands of downloads now. Um, okay, my shout out this week is going out to our friend Jackie Rackham. Jackie, J-A-C-K-Y whoop, underscore whoop. Rackham, R-A-C-K-E-M. Because she is... Hilarious. One of the funniest people I've yeah. ever talked to on the internet ever. Um, She's also one of the only people that posts on our YouTube yeah. comments. And every once in a while I go in and I'm like, do we just have a private forum? with? with- it's uh, like her comments. Sometimes I'm just like, fuck you. That's all I say to her. <laughs> I don't talk to her for two days and then I'm just like, just remember, I don't like you. See you later. Bye. But also, I love you. Uh, she is hilarious. Check out her, her D&D meme page, Jackie Rackham, G-A-C-K-Y underscore R-A-C-K-E-M. Uh, she's hilariously funny. I would never encourage a thousand people uh, to slide into her DMs, but if you do ever talk to her, she'll make you cry. Uh, laughing. With and, laughter. And laughing. just because she's also horrifically mean. So, <laughs> and she thinks it's hilarious. I think that's just to you. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, no, we're, we're actually on a we're on a good basis. It's only you. Oh, yeah, it's literally. I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah, sure it's literally just you. Only me. She's yeah. like, fuck you, you're shit. <laughs> See you later. Okay, Jackie, there you go. Rack up. Keep the comments coming. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's she's one of the like highest, most prolific commenters across the board. So it's like her and some of the all natural twenty girls are just yeah. all over our stuff, and it's great. Yeah. So um, let's move on to the last thing. I want to start talking about archetypes, stereotypes, uh, what we like and what we don't. Um, one of the things we didn't touch on yet was which races as well. Mm. So let's keep an eye on what the races are for druids, um, and don't just say elf. I'm taking that away from you now. And initiative. I was a one. You hit me. I flew across the tray and landed on a one again. That's the second time tonight that's happened. Yeah, that happened yeah. in the clerics episode too. So, however, we both rolled fifteens. We got to roll. We got to re-roll. Oh yes, of course. They think we record these on different nights. Oh, I'm going first. Hey, hey, and by a landslide, I and got a three. A and Adam, and by a botched again. Biases. What's that? Get you on landslide. You botched every single episode for the past three episodes, at least yeah. once. You yeah. actually, you yeah. I, I think I'm channeling some of your life. You You're welcome. Goddamn. All right. Take my shitty life. <laughs> <laughs> take no, it seriously, away. take it. Take it, please. No, take it, it sounds like you're gonna take it. But really, I mean, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Terry. What do we got? Archetypes? Stereotypes? Why do I have anxiety? I'm literally just sitting here. <laughs> okay, it's getting Sorry. too real. Good. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, well, Adam, what were you asking me? Oh, you, you know, why do we like Dan? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I'm asking. No, so... Because so uh, I do all the legwork for the podcast. So, druids. Yeah. Okay. Archetypes stereotypes, mm. what unique build do you have? 
And uh, think about what races you would you would include as well. Yeah. And, and you can't say elf. Okay. Well, the standard archetypes being, well, that like Radagast type character. You have raised your finger, but not no, me. No, it's at Dan. The dad. Yeah. He's, he's starting to say elf over and over again just to be a dingus. Yeah. So uh, the stereotypes, yes, you have that. A hippie type elf that kind of lives in the woods. He's wearing a long cloak made of leaves and baking cookies in a tree. And yes. no, he's not Keebler. No, wrong elf. And, oh, okay, okay, that's a gnome. Now. And we all kind of know that stereotype. So yes, elf typically for race, uh, but but also I think the other way, like goblin as well, the goblin type shaman. You know, yeah, for NPCs. Yeah, that very nature-based shamanistic is a druid. So, like, yeah. your orcs, your goblins, your more bestial races—they've got, yeah, they've yeah. got uh, maybe not hobgoblins because they're more militaristic, but they've oh. got, they've got druids. Just around. cross out this NPC over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, would would, would, would you do it for kobolds, oh. or are you going a different divine? Uh, kobolds, kobolds yes. uh, no kobolds. I go cleric. It's funny. I could I could go either way on a kobold. Yeah. Heads or tails, man. Whatever. Whatever, whatever squirms the least. <laughs> I've been doing it either way. No, I'm done. <laughs> Grab a scale. Let's get freaky. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Too. Just True. to clarify, I'm talking about fucking a cobalt. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we picked that up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think, I think you were abundantly clear about fucking clear. cobalts. Sound like squeezing a dog toy. Squeaky, squeaky. <laughs> okay. I wasn't uh, a part of this one. That was all you two. This, uh, this is unique. Uh, okay, races that I would like to do. Yeah, cobalts. Uh, n- um, well, maybe. No, you know what? I'd actually lean into something like uh, uh, like a minotaur, something. If you're going to do a like, minotaur druid, druid? Like, yeah, that's pretty uh, like, cool. Uh, Badass, yeah. You know, underdark or like underground or like labyrinths and stuff, sucking their energy from the earth. I think uh, I think I'd enjoy that. Yeah. Cool. Well, what would you do for, like, a unique archetype? A unique archetype? I actually came up with this idea of this very reluctant Moses-type character who, for whatever reason, has been punished that they have to guide people across... It's Evan Almighty. Across, across the <laughs> desert. They have to guide people across the desert for a hundred years and have all of this power from nature, which is around them. So, they're, you know, like, they're druid-crafting, like, involuntarily, like, it's happening around them, but they really don't like it or want it. So they're kind of, like... If Moses was an absolute dick, which I imagine he would be kind of impatient after a while. Yeah. But, you know, NPC, this is more than anything that has to guide the party across this very dangerous desert, but just fucking hates his life because he really doesn't like nature. Yep. Uh, So for me, I... I mentioned him before in a podcast a while ago, but uh, Ari Salvatore has written a dwarf druid into existence. That's weird. They're normally clerics. They're normally clerics. I love... And and he's a bit off. He's a bit weird. Uh, he's kind of only says his name for the most part. He's kind of like that level of weird. But uh, I love the it's idea... I am Groot. No, he goes Pickle. I was thinking Pikachu, but yeah. Yeah, it's okay. close. His name's Pickle. Um, but... Uh, it's also a signature move. I would love, man. I thought that was the no. Nope, keep talking. Purple keep talking. saxophone. <laughs> hey, that's that, my that, signature. Hey, <laughs> that reminds me of my favorite game, Hide the Pickle. But we could talk about that later on. I would rather not talk about that with you in private. The ever. pickle is my penis. Please hide it. Please hide it. <laughs> Please hide it. <laughs> I'm going to be writing a children's book named Pickle and the Cobalt. Please don't. <laughs> as as the only person here who actually is responsible for the well-being of multiple children. Please do not do this thing. <laughs> Damn, oh, keep God. talking. Pickle. So, uh, I, I'm intrigued by the idea of a dwarven uh, druid. 
Um, I would go Circle of the Moon with him. He would be shape-shifting to whatever um, ability he needed in that moment uh, and use that more uh, physical form to push on. But when he's in his uh, humanoid form, he is weak. He's kind of drawn out, and that's when he's pulling his spells. I'm thinking like he's an aged miner who's like having to... uh, he can't push the mind card anymore, so he chan- transforms into this bear to pull it, right, and and go through there. And it, his wild shape is very much uh, more util- uh, utilitarian than it is uh, his main push, right? So that's what I would do with uh, a, a dwarf druid. Um, you just made me think of uh, what's his, it's Bjorn from The Hobbit. He's obviously a druid. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like we talked about Radagast, but it just occurred mm. to me that also Bjorn. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's me. I don't. I don't. Uh, I I really would encourage people to shy away from the idea of the tree hugger. Like it, it's it's played out. Like that the has fairies and and a uh, 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 crown made of roses or wild flowers that they picked on their travels like yeah unless you really lean into it where you pick up some warlock for like an archfey you have like a pixie familiar yeah right and you're gonna go full bore into this whole hippy dippy bullshit yeah and you're playing it because it's it's an over-the-top stereotype where no man peace and love and it's Uh. all cool i think that would be fun to play especially if you've got like a like a oath of vengeance paladin and uh, ancestral garden barbarian yeah. or, uh, ancestral, ancestral guardian yeah. yeah so you've got these like super serious marshal and he's like no man peace and love it's so cool dude and yeah he's right. the one, he's the one like just sliding, puff puff pass sliding, <laughs> sliding the daisy at the end of his heavy crossbow yeah <laughs> yes. so that's when I can see that it would be Popping used down as, the path. as all we are saying <laughs> um, I, I see it as, as a good dichotomy. Um, to what the rest of the party is, a good juxtaposition. But... Yep, it would be. I want. I want to go dark. I'd go full pagan, or I'm going like uh, voodoo. Yeah. So okay, are you done, Dan? I'm Can done. I my... Yeah. I, I I was thinking about going voodoo, but I was like, no, no, no. This this. I have a feeling Adam's going to go something along that line. Yeah. Uh, close, but this is not a character that I would play. This is a character that I desperately want someone else to play. <laughs> It, no, in a campaign you, that I'm DMing because I want to work with them and watch oh, okay. this character. I was going to say, who plays D&D like that? This would um, be a great character for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is something that I would be super excited to see in a game and even to play with. Um, I, I would take a... Uh, so your character is a young girl. Oh, sorry. Dan, who's a... What race? Oh, dwarf. I mentioned. Dwarf? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, cool. I like that. Sure. Um, I so I would pick a, a young girl um, who um, is hits puberty, and I'm thinking the movie Carrie. Mm. Okay, and all of a sudden the magic powers start to sprout from her, and she doesn't know why. And everything that happens feels weird and unnatural, and it's because there is a druidic circle. It says nothing about you having to be in the circle. You are a part of it, and you get it from. Um, the magic that is summoned by the circle of other druids. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking that there's a coven of witches who is, there's 12 of them and they need the 13th to finish their coven. And this girl, I'm pulling kind of out of hag lore a little bit with this. You know, she's on her 13th birthday or she just hits puberty or whatever it is. 
And on the night that that happens, she can suddenly see symbols and messages in the woods that other people can't see. And she hears other people, like a crazy, dirty man on the on the street talking to himself. And everyone else just hears weird mumbling. And she hears him making sense. Yeah. Right? And so you would, as a player, know which spells you would be like, okay, I'm terrified. So I, as a reaction to this, not a, not, a, not a reaction mechanic, but like a flavorful, I am reacting to the scenario by by casting this. And I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. And so you become terrified of your own power and one of the big bads i would say the end of tier three would be this this coven of witches um which is now coming to get the girl oh yeah yeah right and so the other people are going to protect her or her parents say go with your uncle who's one of the other party members and he'll protect you because He's like a retired champion fighter or something. Champion fighter or even a cleric who's trying to who's trying to exercise her demons. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Like there's some really cool flavor in there. Yeah. Uh, and all of the nature druid, and she has dreams of primordial beings. And she can um conjure up uh like she she falls down unconscious because she gets hit by the assassin sent to go get her by the church who's trying to stop the witches. Mm-hmm. Right? So she falls unconscious and suddenly four snakes pop out of her. Right or uh, she freaks out and accidentally misty steps across the room. Mm-hmm. Right, like I think that's a really neat kind of character to play, and a druid kind of leans into that. Warlock would too. Yep, um, be a great NPC for like a bodyguard mission as well. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that character. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, as far as what race, I know that people have been yelling at at their speakers to say Aladrin. Yep. Um, oh, I, I was deliberately leaning away from it. Um, I would also say Janassi, depending on if you're doing Circle of the Land and you're already tied to coastal, be water. Mountain, be, I guess, uh, no, mountain was all mold stone and stone rock and passable. So, and earth Janassi, like, I would kind of try to lean into whatever that is. For swamp, I would go air. Um, And uh, fire, eh, I'm not sure. You wouldn't go forest. Nope. Uh, I don't, uh, maybe the Underdark, because you just can light areas and see in the dark as a, you get dark vision as a fire genasi, so that makes sense. Yep. So anyway, that's, uh, that's where I'm coming from. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about for Druids? Love it. No, I do not. You, you still don't I, like I, him, I, hey, Terry? Ah, uh, we, yeah, well, yeah. I can the, only make sounds at this point. <laughs> so, so, hey, so it, oh. So the way I look at it, like, I, there's still a class that it would be an effort for me to play. Um, I, I, I don't see me easily flowing into them. Like, there's some classes, Barbarian, Druid, uh, Barbarian, Bard, uh, Warlock, like, these, Paladin, uh, Paladin like, these things I kind of flow into and, 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 and I find them easy to play. This would be a challenge for me to play. And if, if you out there are anything like I am... And enjoy the challenge. I would not mind playing a druid for like a three shot. Like, you want to sample it and see. I want to sample it and see what I could do. Like, let's roll one up at six level and let them roam around for a little bit and see what happens. Um, you should you should make druid NPCs. Yeah, and and I I fully intend to for for the homebrew that I'm doing right now. But uh, yeah, man, the, like I would steer away from the circle of the moon stuff um, unless it. 
was less of the focus of the druid. I'm going to put a Circle of the Moon druid as an NPC into my werewolf campaign in Tier 1 to subvert the stereotype. Yeah. And so you think you found who the werewolf is and know it was a Circle of the Moon. Hmm. Yeah. Right. I can't You see myself using it in any other example. No, no. But like using a Circle of the Shepherd or a Circle of the Spore... Which is so flavorful, so awesome, and I can't wait till we get to cover it. Yeah. But, um, like, go into that direction with it. The Xanathars are definitely better. Yeah. Um, Flavor-wise. Uh, I really like Circle of Land. I love the idea of, of well, the Well, it's more of a spell guy as well, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really leans into what the strength of the Druid is. And I find a lot of people who play into the Circle of the Moon, they're focusing on a class feature that they don't get. A whole hell of a lot so why are you focusing on that when the most powerful part of the class is the fact that you are summoning these nature fueled eldric powers yeah through spells like it, it, I, I i i i would want to play like a three off of the druid caster circle away and something yeah i guess the thing that i like about druid what are my big complaints about DD at all especially fifth edition i mean this was true of the last couple of editions as well magic isn't magical anymore it's not fantastic we play a fantasy world where magic is mundane and nobody gives a shit mm. i feel like a druid is magical where a wizard's like hey i got a book and a cleric prays and a warlock you know is i think a druid feels yeah. more magical because they, they feel more truly more connected to the elements in the earth yeah and so you feel that raw kind of magic yeah, I, and I, I like that a little bit better. I like the idea that you guys go into the urban campaign and you, everybody gets their own room at the inn for the next three or four weeks. You walk into the druid's room and he's got totems up and he's yeah. smeared mud sigils all over the walls and yeah. stuff. This was warding for, for whatever it is or, or to get him closer to God. He's just, to his God, he's put a whole bunch of just plants yeah. and covered the ground in soil and he's planted in this... Some reason he's hanging upside down. <laughs> oh yeah, like, or he's taking the sheets off of the um, bed to make like a tent or something. Yeah, like he I, he's gonna be he's gonna be a little bit weird, and and I like that. Also, um, Ace Ventura was a druid. Yeah, 100%. yeah I'm just I'm gonna throw 100%, that out there. Yeah. So I, I feel like a lot of the um, animal companion and shit that. It used to be Ranger. Circle of the Shepherd, definitely. <laughs> I just the, the do not go in there. He just cast Cloud Kill. That's, yeah. that's, that's what he did. No stinking cloud. Yeah, stinking cloud. Yeah, cloud. <laughs> do not go in there. Um, but uh, no, I think that uh, that a lot of the animal companion stuff that we're missing in Fifth Edition is hiding in Druid, um, and it's one of the more underutilized classes. I would play it now, but I wouldn't play the shape change. I would very rarely to get out of prison. Yeah, I would do it. I would be like, okay, look, everybody turn around, don't look at me. I'm, I, I got to do this thing. Just, please avert your eyes. Just like really awkward with it as well. Yeah, like turn oh, to a mouse. Did I do it again? Get, get out of the bars. Come be back. The invisible boy from uh, um, Mystery Men. No, not even. I would like turn into a mouse, crawl out of the bars, hope that everyone's still not looking as I reach in and grab my robe and put it back on. Right. I would choose to never bring it with me, so I pop out naked, um, just because. If I'm going to have this ability and never use it, I'm going to make it oh flavorful God. or when funny. When you walk or, into yeah. the room in the inn that you were talking about, the druid needs to be naked, but covered in mud and all of the uh, like, symbols like, and stuff. Yeah, I feel like the druid's one with war paint. Yeah. Right? As much as we're giving it to barbarians and rangers to a degree, the druid is one with war paint. Yeah. And I guess those are really the three. They're, they're the, the trifecta of your natural 
classes. Yeah. And he's sitting there talking to two little, or three little uh, wood totems made out of, like, teeth and wood. Yeah. And he's just sitting there, like, cackling. I feel like they, as much as we say, like, clerics see omens and things, I feel like the druid would be the one that would, like, grab your face and, like, suddenly start whispering shit to you. that heavy presence of divination everywhere in the druid class. Yeah. Like, that's where, that's why that's there, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting class if we can break the vegan bullshit out of it. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that vegans are bullshit. You guys can have your own opinions on that one, right? I'm not saying that, that, that going vegan is, is a problem. Just, stop saying vegan. Just, just, stop just saying move on, vegan. Move on. We'll get a bunch of they emails. They can hear you. They're telepathic. <laughs> They've eaten enough carrots. <laughs> They're already outside. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but if, if you are just, if you're just doing the, no, nature is cool, man, and we don't hurt animals. That's going to get real old real fast. Yeah. And a lot of us that have played the game for enough years have run into that more than once. And we, we're just we're tired. Do something different. Fifth Ed, I feel, has finally given us something different. Right. Yeah. Um, and they also gave us werewolf bullshit. Um, anything else that we want to add? No, nope, I we... think I'm done. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Um, next week... I believe we're covering goblins, gentlemen. Gobbies, 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 And I have a feeling like it's going to be a long, um, a long episode. Yeah, we've been getting a little bit longer. Uh, I think that's just because we're getting a little bit more comfortable with things and uh, and a little fine. bit more in depth. And the class ones are going to be longer. Yeah, right? we're getting so, older, more, more bitter. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. I'm I'm just getting younger by the day. <laughs> Benjamin Button, the, you got are got not. the old Benjamin Buttons over there. You, you guys missed that. I went to like wave my hair, but I don't have hair, so I'm almost like. <laughs> The, the, the beard. beard I know. I have this long, yeah. beautiful hair, but the sacrifice is that I have very little in the beard region. Yeah. So, I, I'm assuming Terry that you are like hairless from the neck down. That you were just a, like a human 100%. man dolphin. One hundred percent. We'll tell our. We'll tell our now thousands. I may have said it before. Now thousands of downloaders. Uh, yes, I am hairless from the yeah. Yeah. from the nose down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whereas I'm hairless from the nose up. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. You do have eyebrows. Uh, yeah, but they're like pale blonde. They, like if if I'm not like in any way exerting hey, there, myself. There's my not a full eyebrow in this room right now. Keep hold of that beard. Otherwise, you're going to look like Gary Busey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ouch. I, I Ouch. got I got a lot. When, when I still had more hair, I got a lot of like Sedine twin. Like comparisons. Like, oh, are you the third one? It's like, no. I'm no fat. one outside of Vancouver knows anything. I'm fat. What do you know? No. So, uh, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna all hail Maglubiet next next week. Maglubiet. I'm not inhaling anything, man. I'm straight edge, to be honest. With you. <laughs> well, then you shouldn't have been I'm on not, the druid. Dude, I'm not into the dark arts. I know we just talked about druids, but um, anyway, so we will uh, we will catch you next week. Thanks very much, and uh, you can check us out at It's a Mimic on uh, on Instagram and It's a Mimic D and D on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, don't be afraid to send us questions and uh, get get as involved in the comments as possible. We love hearing from you guys. Yeah, Most sure. of you guys. Not you. You know who I'm talking to. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. Note to self, polymorph. Good name for a were parrot. Fuck you guys. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. That's all. Take that on the end of the episode. <laughs>